the city I love because unlike cities in the US where I used to truly believe that like city meant skyscrapers. I grew up, you know, making occasional trips into Chicago. That's kind of the nearest big city to me. And cities were big. They made you feel small. Um, they were entirely for the car. Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms. And also let's connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, Afri. Afri is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry, and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. I have the pleasure to welcome you, Claire, to Urbanistica podcast. Hey, and welcome. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I really am. Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming as well. And thanks for having me. Good to see you again. Yeah. When, when was it the last time we met? Uh, you did a guest lecture for our program at the beginning of the semester. Mm-hmm. And then we've passed by a few times since then. Yes. And the, yeah, the reason why you're here, because you have an interesting story to tell. And also like in Urbanistica podcast, we did uh, some episode about, okay, how to involve students in Sweden. How do they feel? But we talked a lot about student, but there was no student talking. So it's a good time that you're here and hopefully we're going to follow your story during the two years that you're doing here. Yeah. So how would you like to introduce yourself and please tell us what are you passionate about? So I'm Claire. I'm 24. I'm a first year master's student at KT Royal Institute of Technology. I'm studying for my master's of sustainable urban planning and design. And I'm from Grand Haven, Michigan, USA originally. I would say as a person, I've got a lot of energy. I love a good full day, uh, pretty family oriented. So being out here has been a big change, but it's still good from afar. And yeah, I'm just excited to be here to talk about urban planning. Yeah. So, so tell us about your hometown. How is, how is the environment? Just explain it to us. Yeah. So my hometown is, it's Grand Haven, Michigan. It is tiny. There are about 11,000 people, I think. Um, Urban planning, I don't think is quite as obvious there because it's just smaller. We don't have really a true public transportation network. Um, Everyone drives around by car, but it is a really unique place uh, in that there is the presence of Lake Michigan. It's a little beach town. Uh, It gets a bit busy in the summer with tourism. In the winter, it definitely dies down, but I think our kind of way of life there, although quiet, is like really defined by our relationship with the nature there, which is Lake Michigan. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a good place to be from, but I definitely grew up not realizing how big the world was mm. beyond that space. Mm. I can imagine. And tell us... Uh, d- did you have all the functions that you need, like a hospital? Uh, yeah, definitely. So, you know, it had, there's 
hospital, there are supermarkets, there's a small downtown, there's a really cool boardwalk because actually the town itself is where uh, the Grand River flows into Lake Michigan. So it actually has a very like beautiful draw to it in that sense. But in terms of other services, public services, yeah, it has what it needs. Um, schools work, but it's definitely more of a place where people kind of live and then commute to maybe work mm. in a nearby kind of outskirts or a, there's a smaller city called Grand Rapids or a bigger than Grand Haven, but small as compared to Stockholm. Um, so people definitely go there as well, but it's a place that you, if you live there, you have a car because everywhere you go is by car. Um, yeah. And did you need to go to another town to do some activities like for you as a student? Yeah. So I actually did not attend university in my hometown. I uh, graduated from the University of Michigan, which is three hours away or so by car. Um, so I moved from home, lived on campus as is pretty normal in the U.S. Were you living in a flat or a um, big house? As a university student, <laughs> I lived on campus in a dormitory for the first year. And then after that, I lived in a house with roommates. Yeah. And what, what may, makes you decide to move to Sweden or to decide to apply to KTH? Well, <laughs> I couldn't have seen it coming until about a year ago, honestly. Uh, after graduating, I had the opportunity to travel, solo travel for eight months as a University of Michigan Bonderman Fellow. And so that was kind of my first big foray into the international world. Um, it was also an amazing change from the structured lifestyle I'd had as a student. Um, and that actually was when I realized I was very interested in life beyond the States, at least for this chapter of my life. And I knew I wanted to continue my studies. And when I also knew I had an interest in urban planning towards the end of my bachelor, I started looking at master's programs for that and found a particular interest in Northern Europe for it and yeah, applied and here I am. Yeah, welcome. Have you been here before you apply? I have not. So I moved to Sweden blind. <laughs> Where did you go before, like you after finishing the university? So uh, during my travels, my itinerary took me through three world regions. I uh, flew from Michigan to Russia to kick things off and then from there traveled through Eastern Europe. Uh, from there, I spent a month in India, and then I spent three months in South America as well. Wow, so big differences. And Huge differences. Yeah. Different contrasts of language, familiarity, culture. Wow, very interesting journey. And what makes you decide to apply for urban planning? So in my bachelor's, I studied, or I, excuse me, I studied international studies with a concentration in global environment and health. So that, in a way, was sort of broad scale, uh, you know, like looking at the interaction between the environment and the health of people. Um, and that ended up leading me to some urban planning courses. And so by the end of my bachelor's, although I hadn't studied urban planning technically, I had kind of cherry picked classes from the School of Sustainability and some social sciences and lots of other. <laughs> That's an interesting story. But <laughs> long story short, after my studies, um, I had had that interest. I had had it in the back of my mind. And then when I was traveling, I was just fascinated by how, like the different types of cities I'd seen. It was really my first time living in truly like mega cities as well. Um, and things just kind of unfolded from there. Yeah. But before you come to Sweden, what was your image about Sweden and specifically about Stockholm? 
So I definitely had the very utopian impression of Sweden. And don't get me wrong, Sweden, it does a lot of things right. And I'm still very new, so I'm definitely learning a lot as I go along and there's a lot for me to learn. But um, some of it, really a lot of it has proven true. I had thought like, oh, that's this place that's so kind of politically correct and so open and, um, you know, they care about the environment. People are socially conscious. Uh, it's like sophisticated. Um, so yeah, these, these kind of ideas and regarding urban planning, they were kind of the ideal for me. Uh, urban planning has way more influence here than it does in the U.S. at the moment. So I was really interested in that. And then kind of the, the communal, um, culture here is entirely different from the U.S. where things are a lot more individualistic. So you had a good image about Sweden. I did. Yeah. I still do. <laughs> just kidding. So it was not only Ikea for you. No, it wasn't just Ikea. <laughs> no, and Frozen. Yeah. So you, you got accepted on KTH and then you moved here. How did you move? I jumped on a plane and I brought with me a big suitcase, a backpack and my bike. Your bike as well. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You think we don't have bikes here, or? I know there are plenty of bikes here. <laughs> and you know that has come back to haunt me a little bit because my bike got stolen. But I got a new bike. It's okay. <laughs> I remember you. it was a bit of a drama moment when your bike. It was a bit sad. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but we're good. And I, I came here without much. I'm living in a flat where I don't need much. And I really, really loved that kind of. I, I, being able to have that minimal lifestyle here as a student, there's just not as much as, like as I need mm. that I need materially. So it's it's been really great to yeah. start fresh. Yeah. So tell me, you arrived to Sweden, you arrived to Stockholm, and where did you settle? I moved in on campus. I live in Teknikringen, 58. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the student housing buildings on campus. I am a two minute walk from our main classroom. I'm close to all the facilities. We're in the Northern part of, um, central Stockholm and KTH borders with uh, one of the biggest forest reserves, uh, in, in Stockholm. So it's been great to have kind of the nature on one side and the city on the other. And I've spent a lot of time just in the middle of all that on campus. So yeah. Far. Awesome. Do you like it? I do. I really do. It's a yeah. beautiful campus and I've had a great experience meeting people. Awesome. I mean, you're just two minutes from the classroom, so you can just uh, take awesome a long that. sleep, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's talk about Stockholm. How do you experience it? How do you like it so far? Like in general, just uh, what is your feeling to Stockholm? So far, I really like Stockholm. I have to admit that there are a lot of things about Stockholm, Sweden that are very similar to where I come from. So besides the fact that it's a huge city and I'm from a very small town, um, the climate, for example, is quite similar. I'm used to gray skies and rain and cold winters and snow um, and a beautiful summer, but haven't seen that here yet. Yeah. So in that sense, it's been familiar, but the city, I've just loved kind of diving into city life here. So I can go everywhere on my bike, which I really, really enjoy. Is it really bikeable? Like it, the city? I, I would say, yeah. I mean, compared to what I know, it feels very bikeable. Now that I've been here a little bit longer and given that I'm studying urban planning, I definitely can be a little critical sometimes, but they have a really good start, mm. which is 
more than what most cities can say. So in that sense, yeah, it's very accessible. The public transportation is very accessible. Um, I've gotten around the city so far in that I've seen some things, but coronavirus has definitely limited what I can totally explore and, and what I'm really interested in exploring at this moment in time. So um, although I've stayed a bit close to campus, I still have seen, you know, some cool things. I've gotten to check out Gamlistan, uh, which is kind of the old town of the city. I've gone to the coast and spent a weekend with friends at like a cabin and experienced the Swedish sauna. Um, lots of cool sunset overlooks on Södermalm, uh, Garden, the uh, central park kind of of Stockholm uh, is beautiful for biking around. Lots of local lakes or, you know, kind of places on Lake uh, Malaren, uh, for barbecue and stuff. And then, you know, some fun dips into Swedish culture as well from Kub to Branball, kind of Swedish yard games, gotten to do that kind of thing. So less of you know, some of the tourist attractions and more of kind of everyday life, it feels like, but yeah. I have really felt welcomed and at home here so far. Nice. That's a really interesting experience already in the, in the beginning of your two, how many months? Four, three? Three months now, yeah, like mid-August. To, Interesting. You know, so let's st- let's start with the transportation. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking first, like, to bike to your destination, or take public transport, or 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 driving a car? I mean, car is out. <laughs> I sold my car before I moved here, so. So you had the car when you were yeah. at the U.S. It's definitely more common in the U.S. for like families to have more than one car. Um, often, you know, adults who can will have their own car. That's way more normal and not normal here. So I've uh, enjoyed taking that option off the list. So when I go somewhere, my first check when I pull up Google Maps is, can I go by bike? Normally I can. Um, I have a great bike to get around on, so I'm not afraid of rain or the elements in that sense. But the public transportation is also quite good um, compared to some other cities I've been in. So it's pretty well integrated with an app that lets you, you know, buy a ticket and you can go between different modes of transportation. Um, They have good regional trains and, you know, overall you can get where you need to go. For example, when I went with friends out to the coast for a weekend, we went by bus and I mean, metro to tram, metro to train to bus, but like you can connect those pieces, which makes it really great. Awesome. So what happened to your bike? So my bike got stolen on campus. I, yeah, it was a a combination of a silly mistake, bad luck, and someone else's really good opportunity. Uh, Don't even get me started on the types (laughs) of uh, bike racks that we had, but I had to choose between locking my bike to itself and locking a tire to the wall. And they just took the tire right off and took the rest of the bike with them. So that was a shock. I like, couldn't believe it was gone, but it happened and I was sad, but I'm definitely kind of over it now. And I got another bike. I still get where I need to go. So now you're back to Stockholm to experience Stockholm. Yeah, I was, am. Yeah. What do you think about the architecture in the city? Is it something like you feel it is something modern or old style? What's your ex- reflection? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have a background as an architect, so my vocabulary with this is is going to not impress some people who are more (laughs) into urban planning than I am in that regard. But the city I love because unlike cities in the U.S. where I used to truly believe that like city meant skyscrapers. I grew up, you know, making occasional trips into Chicago. That's kind of the nearest big city to me. And 
like cities were big. They made you feel small. Um, they were entirely for the car. They still are entirely for the car. Uh, but coming here, the buildings are no more than seven, five stories or so, depending on where you are. There's a really beautiful kind of old stone architecture and a lot of them kind of regal seeming, but um, definitely kind of uniform as well. Very neutral colors. It's it's really beautiful in that sense. Um, very European. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's very, it, it, it embraces me, I think, because I like that it's at human scale in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, so you don't feel yourself very small when you walk in Stockholm? No, I really don't. <laughs> Compared to <laughs> some places in the US, I guess. And maybe that's where I get it from. But I'm very enamored with the mm. style here. And what are the functions that, or what are the activities that you do here? Yeah, so I'm a very... If, if we do a mind map, like, where are your... Ah, nice. So mind map, zoom out on Stockholm. You will find me leaving my apartment building and heading north into the forest area. I've gotten to explore a ton of trails around here. They have amazing bike paths, cinder paths, and um, walking trails. And so I've gone from here to Stockholm, you kind of looping around this, like, north eastern kind of natural area of Stockholm. I've made some big kind of 10 mile, 15 kilometer loops at times to get around some bodies of water. Um, so you'll find me in that area on my feet. You'll find me in the kind of central area commuting between, um, you know, like maybe Södermalm and my apartment by bike. I really love getting around my bike when I have to go somewhere in the city center, uh, you'll find me walking to uh, Hummel Garden. It's a park nearby campus and they have a soccer pitch. I play twice a week with a group of friends. Um, so that is very, very fun as well. But outside, oh, and um, the local pool. I also swim at one of the, <laughs> one of the pools. But other than kind of sports and activities, I you know, have my grocery stores that I get to as well. I have, you know, the different things that bring me into the city center, but primarily I'm on campus. Mm. Awesome. Do you feel that you're home now? I really do. Your timing asking that is, is right as well, because, uh, you know, a month and a half or two ago, right around when I lost my bike, I was not feeling as... Yeah, yeah we would be like, I hate this. <laughs> I was feeling sad, but even then I, I was kind of starting to realize that although it was a bummer, I, I do feel at home here. But then now that the second kind of period has started up is the first that I've really felt in the swing of things. And this is very much home. Mm. I love where I live. I have great roommates. I love my classes. I really am enjoying life here for sure. Nice. That's great to hear. We talked about the city, like the built environment. How about the people? Did you have the chance to talk to Swedes? Yeah. So I have a couple of friends we're Swedish and you obviously interact with a lot of Swedish people on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's at the grocery store or in your classes or, you know, through other ways. But um, I would say that although Swedes have an incredible level of English, um, the language barrier is definitely a thing in that for foreigners who don't speak Swedish, you don't kind of integrate quite as truly you know and I understand that and I am trying to learn Swedish but I'm very much at the beginning phases of that so um it is 
there there is sort of a, a world of like the international students in a lot of ways and that there are you know Swedish students mixed in there, but then there's kind of the world of Swedish students as well. Um, and, you know, there is, I think in some ways kind of that barrier to access, not in a, you know, with, with malintent or anything, but um, it is a part of, I think, truly belonging to that kind of community. But overall, Swedish people are lovely. They are very, very helpful, um, very patient language-wise. Like when you have to speak English with them, um, they're very polite, a bit reserved, but on the whole, yeah. can't complain. Yeah, because we in Urbanistica, we had an episode talking about these two different communities, like the international one and the Swedish one. So for you as a student, how do you think we can bring together both of them? What are the ways that could be? Mm, my mind goes to socially first because, I mean, obviously we interact in class together and I really love a lot of the group mates I've had who've been Swedish. I would spend time with them beyond class, you know, but the... I guess actually an, an important thing to note as well is what is reminding me of this is like uh, in, on campus, because housing is so competitive in Stockholm, on campus it is mostly international students because there's sort of a res uh, system that reserves spaces for incoming students who aren't familiar, who don't have an easy way to find affordable housing. So a lot of those on-campus places are filled with international students and a lot of the Swedish students live either with family nearby in the suburbs or in other places that are a bit further from campus. So you get kind of this like concentrated social world and then, you know, the kind of world beyond campus, which we don't explore as much, I would say. So going back to your question though, of what can, bring, kind of bring, could bring them together, I think uh, a better ratio there would be really helpful. But if that's not an option, because they're still really trying to build a lot of housing to address that, the next best thing is socially, I would say, gatherings which is exactly what you shouldn't do with the coronavirus so maybe that will have to wait but I think um yeah maybe it's strange but I think kind of getting people to mingle more mm. would be huge in kind of bridging those two communities yeah do you think that uh, if you learn Swedish you will be one step closer to to the Swedes I think that although very logical of a conclusion uh -huh. uh, I would have to get to a very high level of Swedish because they'll just speak to you in English. So I think that's where the bar is just high. Um, I think obviously if you can speak Swedish, you're going to integrate so much better. Um, but it, it takes a lot of effort to get there. Yeah. What, what are the communities that you're a part of or only the international students or do you have like, you have a football team? What are the other groups that you're part of? Yeah. So obviously I have my program. So I have, my other, everyone in my cohort. But beyond that, I have kind of my roommates and our corridor, dorm, you know, small community, sort of our little neighborhood in that sense. <laughs> and then I have my kind of larger friend group, which is a sampling of students from a variety of backgrounds and master's programs on campus, bachelor's as well. Um, but then I have my, yeah, my football, <laughs> soccer friends. So that's great. They're also quite an international mix. But beyond that, I mean, I'm still pretty new here. So I feel like I'm still in that meeting people process. But like I you know, had a family that I have been working for teaching their children English. So you, know, you kind of build these little micro connections as yeah, well. Yeah. Do you have a, a, as a goal that you want to make like Swedish 
friends or you don't really care. You just want Hatsi, whoever. I would say like I have good Swedish class class friends who I go study with, right? Um, I have a couple of Swedish friends in our friend group as well. Um, but I'm, I also am not, you know, like, hey, are you Swedish? Let's be friends. It's not <laughs> like a, you know, prereq that they need to meet in order to be friends. Um, and I also love, like sometimes on campus you'll see that, like, oh, there goes the group of Spaniards. You know, like people yeah. do kind of naturally group up based on, you know, what they share. And I really appreciate my friend group because they're an amazing bunch. My roommates as well, amazing bunch of people who are from all different backgrounds and they're not looking for their fellow Italians or their fellow Serbians. We're just a total mix of backgrounds. You know, you've got Spain, <laughs> Spain, Portugal, Italy, Belgium, me, you, you know, United Nations. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> plus. <laughs> so it is, it's nice in that sense, but I would, I would love to meet more people who are Swedish because it would be much easier to practice Swedish. Uh, but it's kind of yet to yeah. manifest. Yeah. Because, um, this leading me to uh, the next question is about exploring the culture. And if you're like now with the international students, so how do you think, are you exploring the Swedish culture? I, yes and no. Um, and I mean, a lot of this is, I think a bit limited to coronavirus and limited by what I've chosen to do in response to that. So, um, you know, I haven't really explored as much of the city centers I would like. I haven't gone to as many of the kind of tourist attractions and, and cultural sites as I would like just because some are closed or um, I'm, you know, not wanting the experience of it under coronavirus. So I've kind of rooted down and, and gotten familiar with the more immediate community of campus and student life. Um, and I am having a very international experience because I have friends from so many different places and we do dinner nights and someone cooks, you know, everyone cooks a different dish. I have the Thanksgiving dinner coming up, you know, that's, that was my, <laughs> one that I reserved. So we, we kind of share, we share with each other in those kind of miniature ways. But when it comes to exploring Swedish culture, you know, the first month was, was nice because we had so many kind of welcome events organized by the university. We, that was when I played Kube, which is like a yard game where you kind of knock over. <laughs> it's really fun. It's like bowling, but with yeah. these wooden pegs and you try to knock over the other team's players, which are, it's like chess meets bowling meets yard game, really fun. But um, that was great because they, we had some Swedish buddies who organized those. And so it was a really nice little introduction. And then, you know, some Swedish kids in my program put together a casual, you know, evening where we went and played brown ball, which was so fun. It's like inclusive baseball, but more relaxed and anyone can do it. So that was great. <laughs> um, but I mean, beyond, you know, Fika and Kenebula, like I really haven't. Yeah. I feel like gotten my toes. I think um, it. because of the coronavirus, like it's limiting a lot of your movement, um, your experience as well. Not only yours, like everybody's. Yeah. Mm. And I have time. Thankfully, that's the other reason I why I'm not sort of aggressively mm. pursuing it. I, I really like to do those things as organically as possible. And so when I know I'm going to be here for two years so far, I'm I'm trying to kind of enjoy what's good because actually a lot of my community right now, my, my friend group, right? They are a lot of them leaving after the semester. So I, I'm kind of looking at those opportunities as ones that I need to really invest in now while they're here. Yeah. 
because they are like a kind of in a rush and then they need to do so many things. Yeah, they're sort of dragging me along. It's great. <laughs> Get me to try and do a lot of things. Yes. Is it the same image that you had in the beginning? What do you, how do you, how does it feel now? Um, like before you come to Stockholm? Yeah, like, I don't know. I think I definitely, I have learned, I think I've, I've made the faux pas enough to kind of know how to blend in better, but also to know and better understand kind of the unspoken rules of this society, if if that's an okay direction to take, you know, or to interpret that question. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this is kind of a hard question for me. Do you I, feel that Swedish people are close socially? Is it, is it easy to be, be one of them? Ah. <laughs> it's I, I don't like making generalizations. I think about, you know, like all Swedish people. I I don't even really know. Like I, I don't know. I I I don't want to make that, but I can say compared to Midwest American culture, people here are definitely a little more private. Um one of my neighbors before I left at like at home um had told me because she is Danish and she has friends who are Swedish and all this stuff. She said, you can ask any Swede about what that bird species is and they'll tell you anything. They'll be excited. You know, they're happy to chat with you, but don't ask them about anything personal because they'll close up like a clam. And I, I have found that a little bit, but I've also met some very outgoing Swedes. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I don't want to judge them. I think, you know, Midwest culture is very open and warm, kind of to a fault sometimes. People are, you know, very welcoming and friendly. If you walk by on the street, they're smiling at you. Like it's it's very casual. Um, and so part of me doesn't want to also compare it because that's a small town culture. Yeah. This is also a, yeah. a big international city. So mm. it seems a bit unfair, but. Yeah, to do, yeah, to, to different scales. For sure. Mm. So what are your plans for the future? Let's say, because hopefully we're going to do one more episode when, Before summer or during the summer or after the summer? Sometime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But Anytime. Yeah. Let's, uh, so we can follow up this episode. So now winter is coming. Are you prepared? Mm -hmm. I am. I actually, I went thrifting yesterday, just kind of with meeting, whatever. I went and I uh, ended up leaving with like a giant like pack, a 60 liter pack that I really liked, but like, I had found so much stuff at this, this thrift store. I had, like, packed the bag full of, you know, secondhand goodies. So I um, now have a true winter coat. Um, the, the box that my family has sent me with some of my winter gear has yet to arrive. So I'm getting a bit desperate and also I'm heading up North for the weekend. So I'm getting prepared materially. I'm also not really afraid of the winter because we get lots of snow in Michigan. So that's going to be okay. But I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm a little only worried or only intimidated by the darkness. The uh -huh. darkness in Sweden is definitely new to me. So you're not used that the sun sets around 3 p.m. <laughs> no. And yeah, it, I, I have all the coping mechanisms like out and ready right now <laughs> because you start to get a little sleepy when it gets dark yeah. at 2.30. <laughs> Especially when it's lecture. <laughs> yeah. And it's remote. <laughs> I can imagine. But do you feel uh, yourself unsafe if you walk in the darkness, like around the campus area or in Stockholm in general? No, I really don't. Uh, Sweden is 
you know, supposedly it's known for being very safe, but I think any city obviously has its, yeah. uh, you know, challenges or, you know, things not to do based on common sense, mm. but campus is, is very safe. The city itself I'm comfortable in. Yeah. It's, it's oh, like uh, everything is based on your own experience and right. you don't feel unsafe. Exactly. I mean, I definitely was a little bit overconfident in the safety of like my belongings in the case of <laughs> my bike. They mm. had warned me that sometimes these, you know, thefts happen. And at that time it happened like en masse. Mine wasn't the only bike that got swooped. So whatever, beyond that, I would say, yes, it's a very safe place. Yeah. Uh, so awesome. So you're prepared for the winter mm-hmm. and uh, Christmas time. Are you staying here? Yeah. So I ultimately decided to stay in Stockholm for the Christmas season, um, for a lot of reasons, coronavirus, uh, my studies, also just having kind of a lot of friends staying here as well is going to make it mm. nice over the holidays. But yeah, I'm. It'll be a little weird, and I'll you know have to phone home a lot. My family's really really close, so mm. that will be a Christmas I'm a little more virtual than we're used to. But yeah. I'm excited to experience Stockholm and. Christmas time. I know it's can be very beautiful. So do you miss your hometown? I, I love my hometown, but I think I'm okay because I have a very associated sense of security and knowing that it's not going anywhere. Grand Haven's always going to be there. And I have amazing family and a community there that, um, is living their life and they're doing well. And knowing that I can be here doing my life. Yeah just as well that's awesome how how does it feel when you do all the or maybe the majority of your school by zoom is it boring um i mean i think as everyone feels it's not mo for most people it's not your first choice right but they do a really good job here of you know incorporating breaks and incorporating activities to keep us awake (laughs) (laughs) so that's nice um, there's also a lot of group work. So in that sense, we do get to actually meet if everyone is feeling well and we have the space. So uh, I would say it it has balanced out really well. But yeah, we're just adapting as we need to in this time. I'm really, really grateful to be able to be studying right now. I'm so grateful to be able to do that here because there were a lot of other programs or universities even across Europe that didn't or had to cancel, you know, international students. Yeah. So I, I just feel really, really lucky. My, my travels even before this concluded right as coronavirus was kind of taking hold in like North and South America. So I got that whole experience in before the world sort of shut down and then had this window of time at home to really recharge before coming all the way here again. And, and so still being able to do that was just like a, yeah, sequence of, yeah. of little blessings. Yeah. Well, great words. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, your reflections. Yeah, thanks for having me. Claire, What what is your plan? So I will be here in Stockholm through the year. I am going to continue studying. I'm currently looking for an internship for the summer to gain some more experience and then definitely starting right back up in the fall. Um, some students study abroad. I'm going to stay right here. I'm really excited to truly get to know Stockholm and, and Sweden generally. So um, that's the long-term plan. Hopefully that means I'll see you again in a few months and we can catch of course, up. Of course.
So thank you so much again for sharing your reflections with us. And I would love to finish this episode with a takeaway message from you. So in terms of takeaway messages Mm. for listeners, I think I have different takeaway messages for different types of listeners. If I were a student hearing me now, I think something I wish I could have told myself then, particularly related to urban planning is to be patient and to be confident because urban planners come from a variety of backgrounds. It's been really cool to meet students who are from architecture, who are from policy, who are from the sciences, who, you know, have such a unique perspective to contribute. Um, And I think a lot of people end up in urban planning who don't, you know, know to do that at age three, you know, when everyone's dreaming of being a a vet. So um, I would say, be patient and you know it's never too late to get involved in making your city or your home a better place so and also i need hashtag one hashtag from you i think my hashtag for you would be lock your bike (laughs) i did lock mine but lock it better (laughs) thank you so much and uh, hopefully talk to you again sounds good thanks mustafa Well, thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. You learned something new and also got inspired by the guest. Don't forget to share the episode on your social media and recommend it to people you think they are really interested in this topic. Thank you so much again for giving your valuable time to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif. Keep up the good work. Keep loving cities.